Uh, we're going to end the week with uh, market analysis. Well, tomorrow morning, we'll have the long-form episode talking about the history of interest rates with financial historian Edward Chancellor. But we're going to wrap up this week with a good buddy of mine, a man of the people, Mr. David Erfley, the junior minor junkie. David, Happy New Year. Welcome back, my man. Happy New Year, buddy. Thanks again for having me on. Um, it's great to talk to you. It's great to have you on. Uh, I told you I was going to start this episode with a little humility. And uh, and I'll be honest. I had a short on GLD, the gold ETF, for a couple of reasons. It was coming up. Gold was coming up on major resistance. Uh there was a couple of technical sell signals on the chart. And, uh, you know, it was just getting a little overbought once again on the daily. And so I said, you know what? Maybe I'll hedge hedge here, buy some puts on the GLD. Let's just say I had to cover those shorts and my ass this morning. Today was a big day. Gold's over $1,900 uh, futures in the monthly futures. And... I think this week is pretty damn telling after the, the macro and the fundamental data we got. So I would love to get your thoughts here. You don't have to tell me I told you so, Dave. But I just thought I just thought well, I'd let you, you get and everybody my know. newsletter. I mean <laughs> Yes, but, but yeah, but I, newsletter I writers aren't always right. Not, not everybody's right. <laughs> Nobody ever is all nobody's <laughs> ever always right. Yeah, I hear you. I mean I you know but, you know, the thing is, is you got to get your mind out of bear market thinking. Okay. For the past two years, all these rallies have been bear market rallies. And in bear market rallies, yes, when, when, when gold gets overbought, when shares get overbought, then profit taking comes in, shorting comes in, and these things happen. But we're, at, we're now back in a bull market, Trevor. I mean, we, we, we confirmed a triple bottom on the monthly chart back in November at 1620. Um, gold is now up over 18% from that bottom. It's blown through several resistance areas because basically what that was was a false move lower, right? It was a, it was a, it was basically a false breakdown. And when you have a false breakout in either direction, the move from that breakout in the opposite direction is always very strong. So what happened was we had 1675 was that critical level that everybody was watching. Right, everybody was watching it. It broke 1675, but we didn't have that massive stop run that everybody and myself included was expecting, and it stopped at 1620 three times on the monthly chart. And now we've got this huge move, and a lot of it is I know it's is is coming from the Fed ramping down its rate hikes, the U.S. dollar continuing to move lower and now it's 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 coming down to a, a the dxy is it's coming down to a major trend line support around 102 um i think that that coincides with 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 the 1950 2000 area um so um i wouldn't be surprised to see a, a, the gold back off from 2000 but uh, i digress here um as far as the, the gold price is concerned a big reason why it's going up besides the dollar going down is China is is the de-dollarization program of China? You know mm. they're continuing to sell their U.S. debt and buy gold, and that started in November where they bought 23 tons. In December they bought another 30 tons. Um, so you know, and this is happening because of what's happening. With, with, as soon as the, the the U.S. took Russia 
off the SWIFT international banking system. All these other countries are worried about what's going to happen to their dollars. If something like that would happen to them, if the U.S. gets upset with them. So um, this is going to continue to happen in, in the backdrop of, uh, uh, of what I believe is going to be a stagflationary recession in 2023 so basically every all these all these headwinds that the dollar had to deal with in 2022 are now tailwinds Mm. right massive headwind was the crypto space right i mean everybody was saying how crypto was the new safe haven don't buy the barbarous relic buy crypto everybody's buying crypto tom brady's buying crypto Um, (laughs) tom brady was losing crypto That's one headwind that we don't have to worry about anymore. The U.S. dollar continuing to go, to, to go parabolic. We don't have to worry about that headwind anymore. Rising treasury yields, we don't have to worry about that headwind anymore. They're rolling over. So all these headwinds are now tailwinds. And basically, um, you know, we have uh, a lot of economic uncertainty with, with, with uh, war worries continuing to, war uncertainties continuing to mount. Economic uncertainties continue to mount. Meanwhile, inflate, uh, your insurance, which is gold, is on sale. It's still on sale, even though it's gone up 18%. And the, and the gold stocks are, are, on, are, are very much on sale, and the juniors are ridiculously on sale. Oh, there's a lot to unpack there, but I do want to just take one step back and talk about tomorrow's Friday, the weekly close. Uh, we're halfway through the month. Obviously, the weekly co- close is going to be important to see what happens tomorrow. But this monthly close at the end of January is also going to be uh, really important. So give us a couple technical levels on that gold chart that you're watching, uh, both weekly and uh, on the monthly, that you know obviously would secure this, this bull market mm-hmm. thesis that you see for 2023. Well, for one, the major economic... A data release that we've been waiting for came out today, the CPI release, and there's nothing coming out Friday except for uh, Michigan uh, survey sentiment is the only thing coming out tomorrow. So um, a, a weekly close above 1900 would would really be bullish going forward. I mean, I know it's getting overbought. Um, you know, the silver price is, is is obviously showing signs of topping as it as it begins to show relative weakness. Yet the gold price continues to go higher. And what's happening is, is you, 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 you get a move higher, you get a consolidation, a, you know, a, a, a high price consolidation, and then you get another move higher. This is what, what is happening now in this new gold bull market after being in a bear market for over two years. So um, 1900 on gold is what I'm looking for. Um, uh, in GDXJ, I'm looking at 42. That's the next resistance level. I think there you, you probably can see some, some, some more profit taking coming in, in, in at 42. And in, uh, in, in GDX, uh, that level is around uh, 33, 34. Um, we, could, we, we could see that. We could see that level. And uh, there's, there's, there's strong resistance at 35. Um, but uh, in, in the backdrop of all that, you've got these juniors that are popping one by one that are going up double digits because they've been so ridiculously uh, oversold and they're so undervalued in relation to the price of gold. Heck, uh, uh, Trevor, they're playing. A lot of these juniors are trading. The last time a lot of these quality juniors were trading at this level, gold was below fourteen hundred dollars an ounce. I know. I was thinking about that today. Gold's at nineteen hundred dollars, and I mean, 
what some of these companies, even with resources in the ground, their net asset value, what they're trading at compared to their net asset value, mm-hmm. still has not budged even in the since this big gold move, since the right. 1650s in gold, which is shocking. But I think that has – I think that says something about the sentiment of – not only the investor, but also the speculator, you know, degenerates Absolutely. like you and I <laughs> that mm-hmm. are willing to put cash into these risky plays. <laughs> yes, we're basically still trading amongst each other, Trevor. I mean, look at the volumes. They're just still not there yet. Look at the volume on, on the venture. Volume, okay, when, when, the, when, the, when the capitulation phase started in June in the gold stocks, um, the, the TSX, the, the venture volume got down and, and has continued to trade at levels we haven't seen since the secular bull market began at the turn of the century. Mm. Okay, that's how low these, that's how low th- this volume is. I, I, I get it that, that the venture is only half mining stocks now, mm. but still, I mean, it, just the volume isn't there because the retail interest isn't there. Gen- the generalist investor still is not in this sector. I mean, we've been in a bear market pretty much in gold stocks for a decade. I mean, we're, we had a couple of nice runs of six months, and you know where, where they where they went up exponentially. But you know, pretty, they've pretty much been in a bear market for ten years. I guess I'm curious if we're going to stick with the venture exchange. Where is the hangover still? I mean, obviously, uh, is it is it, is it hungover from the crypto uh, contagion? I, I guess I don't know. I would assume there's fewer uh, cryptocurrency equities on the venture exchanges. One at one time, it was just inundated with them mm-hmm. uh you know is it in is it in energy and oil and gas on the venture i mean obviously that has some part in the venture chains if it's not in mining i guess you know maybe people are just kind of sitting and waiting for more clarity before they actually jump into the exploration sector I mean, yeah it's risk off it's risk off you know because the sentiment is still really low um you know gold continues to climb this wall of worry but people still are just watching Right, they're watching a lot of cash in the sidelines. Even uh, you know, even these long-term bullish analysts that I that I follow a lot and that I respect a lot, um, um, a lot of them have a lot of cash in the sidelines, waiting for this correction that they've been saying is going to come for the past six weeks, while the gold price continues to go higher. And the the big argument for uh, for, for a correction coming soon is that volume that is lacking. I get that, and that does concern me a little bit. You know, I'm not having the volume on this move. Well, what about the seasonality? I mean, we are in kind of that beginning of the year seasonality. Dave, you, you and I both remember January last year. Gold made a huge run-up, and then it was nothing but tears for the next 10 months. <laughs> yes, but it didn't happen after a major capitulation phase. I mean, we, we basically had, you know, um, I've, I've wrote about this and I've talked about this a lot. Uh, gold, there's a gold stock cycle. It's every seven years. And every seven years, gold stocks make a major bottom. Okay. In 2008, the major bottom was a fee bottom. And you had to be really quick to get in on a lot of those stocks to catch those moves because there was a V bottom. And then 2015, we had an accumulated bottom. Seven years later in 2015, we had an accumulated bottom. Um, but we, we, we only had a, a six month move that came out of that, but it was a six month move of over 200% in, in, in the move out of 2008 was huge, right? The gold right. price doubled from, from, you know, from, from, uh, less than a thousand dollars to 1925. So, uh, now this, this, uh, seven year gold cycle low, um, you know, we had basically, we had, um, massive capitulation ending with a tax loss selling 
you know, uh, debacle at the end of last year where everything was thrown out the window. You know, the, 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 the quality junior babies were thrown out with the lifestyle junior bathwater. Nobody cared about fundamentals. Nobody cared about how much they were paying for gold in the ground. And some of these companies were, were trading it at, you know, they had millions of ounces in the ground that you could get for free. Right. So let's talk about the juniors here in that cycle. Uh, so we we saw a nice run up in the majors, the royalty space. Have we seen a lot of the good royalty companies just starting to get in a bid? Now there's been some news items and some specific plays that you know maybe hindered that move, uh, but also but we're starting to see some of the the better juniors, you know, cashed up, mm-hmm. good projects, nice you know good resource in the ground. Uh, they're starting to get bids. I just got off the phone with Luke Alexander of Newcore Gold. I know you know that play well. Obviously they found their shareholder. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They found their bottom and moving nicely, lots of volume. Uh, I mean there's a number of plays out there that do it well. However, there's a lot of companies out there that are still good projects and good management that can't raise any cash right now to get going mm-hmm. this year. And so there is that's where the barrier is right now is somewhere in between those two types of companies, right? Yeah, I mean you still have to be a stock picker. You know, um, you, we haven't we haven't seen that dart throwers move. You know, where you just throw a dart at a, at a junior board and and it's going to go up. We're not even close to that yet, I don't think. So um, a lot of these companies they, they're they're hard up for cash. So you want to concentrate on the companies with you know with, with the good management teams that did the right thing. You know, they their share prices you know they moved up and they cashed up at the right time. And they're they're de-risking high-margin projects, you know, with blue sky potential in in top-tier jurisdictions. You know, they mind their share count. You know, they've got a lot of skin in the game because the more skin they got in the game, you know, you know, the more they're going to mind that share count. And um, you just have to keep keep and you keep in contact with them. And um, and you can do that now. I mean, all these companies, yeah. you know, they got plenty of time to talk to you. And uh, there's a conference coming up at VRIC. I'm not going to be able to attend that. But, you know, if you're, if you're living in Canada, Canada and, and, and you're close to, to Vancouver, you live in Vancouver, you know, you go to this conference and you can talk to these guys in person. And, um, you know, that's, that's what you got to do. You just, you just got to make sure that, that you're in with the right companies, you know, as you're, as you're holding now at the, at the, at, for the next up leg, which, which has already begun. I mean, we've seen a 50% move higher in the GDXJ already um, while everybody continues to wait for a correction. And that correction is going to come. That, that is true. And, but um, a lot of these, you know, you, let's say the GDXJ corrects, you know, 10, 15, 20%. A lot of these juniors are going to ignore that because these, you know, these speculators are going down the, the food chain now. Right, mm-hmm. and they're, they're 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 going down, and they're looking for these companies that have yet to move yet. So, um, the you know, they're, they're, these companies they move up on their own. They don't move up when with, with the sector. Sometimes, you know, I mean, you have if you have the sector move up, you know, ten fifteen percent, and a junior still sitting there. Um, you know, don't get discouraged and sell it. You know, if you've done all your due diligence and this is a great company, you still have to be patient. I mean, you were patient in, in, in waiting as it was going down and accumulating. You have to continue to be patient and wait for the market to come to come to that stock for you. Are you starting to do some of that low digging here? Companies that are maybe <laughs> well, I, down now, 80%? I basically spent the rest of my cash, Trevor, late last year. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, I'm now I'm now concerned about um, when I'm going to start taking profits. 
on some of these companies. You know, I'm, I don't think we're anywhere near that yet. But um, that's and that's the tough part. You know, it's it's you know it, it's it, it's it, you know it's easy to say that it's easy to do. It's easy to accumulate. You know, the, the stocks when they're going lower, it just doesn't feel well when you're doing it because I, I bought some ugly charts, Trevor. I have some really ugly charts. So, um, you know, after I've, you've done the hard work of accumulating these stocks, you don't want to sell, you know, you don't want to take profits off the table too soon. Right. Uh, but you do want to start taking some profits when you, when you feel that the company has, has, has made it, has, has made, you know, uh, uh, a move too far too fast and it's gotten overvalued to its peer group. Maybe it's time to take a little bit of profit off the table, but you definitely want to hold, hold your core positions. It seems like you have, uh, you know, since maybe the beginning or middle of last year, you've really narrowed down the quantity of stocks in your own portfolio. And it seems that obviously it seems like that was a smart thing to do. There was still some pain to go through that mm-hmm. uh, through a majority of the year. But it seems like you're sticking with that, sticking with your core positions, keeping it as simple as possible. I mean, I know you've been writing this newsletter for a number of years. You've been involved in this sector for, was it, 15, 16 years 20. now? 20 years. So <laughs> Two decades. Now, think back, you know, like, have you ever had a portfolio as simple as it is right now? That's a great question. Um, you know, um, when I was first starting out, I had too many stocks. You know, there was just too many stories. Which is easy to do. I, it's easy to do. It is. It's just easy to do in this sector. And, you know, this is the, this is basically the fourth time that I've gone through this seven-year mining cycle, right? I mean, and each time I learn more, you know, from how, how to accumulate, you know, what, what uh, companies to, what type of companies to concentrate on, what to look for. And um, how many stocks to hold basically is, is one because, you know, I have, a, I have a pretty high net worth portfolio and I do like to spread out my risk. I don't like to, to hold any more than 30. And right now I have, tw- I, I have 23 companies now and I have warrants in a handful of others. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I've, I've spent quite a, a lot of time and effort for myself and my subscribers to to narrow it down to the to the best companies I feel that we should be holding for this next before this next up leg begins in earnest. I mean it's it's already began but it hasn't begun in earnest because the generalist investor is still nowhere near this sector. You know, we haven't we haven't even come close to the FOMO stage yet. I mean that's no. that's down the road. And you know when that takes place, when the FOMO stage hits, that's when you start gearing up, okay, how much profit am I going to take in what is my target for this stock to take profit in? What is my what is what am I looking for in valuation? Um, what is my end game? You know, I I know this company is is a takeover candidate, but I still want to get you know, my goal is to get my my original investment off the table at the highest price possible. In other words, in other words, I want to hold as as much of the position as possible for, for the long term after getting out my original investment. And I, I don't purchase I don't purchase any stock unless I see it has at least three times upside potential. So therefore, I'm looking to take my my, my first tranche of profit. After the stock triples, of course, that's not going to happen on every one. Uh, but 
that's that's what my, my my goal is. You know, of course, it changes as as the market changes. Right, right. But that's my goal. Yeah. Uh, David, good to connect with you. A lot of great conversation here, and uh, we'll be sure to catch up again. Uh, I, I think I have an idea for the next conversation you and I have is some of the signs you see when it is time to take some profits. Because I'm thinking back to the fall of 2020, and man, if I would have had my head on straight and remembering what I saw in August of 2020, where there was FOMO and excitement, and you can mm-hmm. throw a dart at the board, and you know there's private placements left and right. If I would have known better, I probably would have. <laughs> taking more profit then all right david thanks so much have yourself a great weekend my friend we'll talk to you soon okay buddy you too always great talking to you thanks for having me on the information presented should not be considered investment advice mining stock daily and affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions